Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. I'm Lisa Fisher, a longtime broadcaster and journalist in Arkansas who's been in front of a microphone or a camera since the 1980s. I think of myself as the queen of Arkansas media. For this episode, we're celebrating exactly one year and a couple of weeks of podcasting. And we're doing that by having my first guest as a repeat guest. It's Jen Stevens, who I affectionately call the mother of intermittent fasting. She's now a New York Times bestselling author of her most recent book, It's Fast, Feast, Repeat, and is awaiting her newest book to be released, Clean-ish. We'll talk all about that and fasting right after this. Let's spend a moment talking about the deals you can get with an Arkansas company that I'm so proud to represent, Akles Carpet One Floor and Home, one of the sponsors of the Lisa Fisher Said podcast. I've known Richard Akel many years and his family, and I know the good work he's done. I know because I'm a customer. You could be a customer too by picking up the phone or just going to their website to get you can get more information. You can see the different products that we talk about, whether it's in their social media or right here or in a podcast that you're thinking, what is it? What's the magic behind the LVP? I too thought that was Lisa Vanderpump, had her own line of flooring. If you don't watch reality TV, you have no idea who I'm talking about. But for the rest of you, it's luxury vinyl plank. It's the stuff you want in your home to replace the flooring that maybe has been worn out by kids or humans or husbands or wives or whatever you have. And it's the stuff that not only is affordable, has interest-free financing for three years. Uno, dos, tres. Three years interest-free financing. If you don't learn anything else from this spot, learn this. Akles will beat the big box stores in their price, in their selection, definitely in their service. AclesCarpet1.com. She won most talkative in high school, and she has been running her mouth ever since. Welcome to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast with your host, Lisa Fisher. Okay, so I am here with the queen, the mother of intermittent fasting, as I've referred to her. Her name's Jen Stevens, G-I-N, because her mama named her Virginia that's and not, right. And because people in the beginning thought I was saying Jen, like Jennifer. Yeah. No, it's Virginia. Mm-hmm. And this is what I love about you, Jen. You were just an average housewife. <laughs> of course, you had your doctorate in education. Well, that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> you, little, you're a little extra there. But you're just this average teacher, of special mm-hmm. ed teacher in Augusta, Gifted, Georgia. Gifted, yep. Gifted, Gifted kids, that's right. Yep. That's right. Which, is a, which is a type of special ed. That, so, I, yes. I didn't mean to say special ed. It is no. a type, yes. Gifted uh, teacher there, gifted and talented in Augusta, Georgia. And you woke up one day and you lost all this weight. And you just mm-hmm. thought, you know what? I get asked so many questions about it. I guess I may have to write a little book about it. Is is that how Delay Don't Deny started your your premiere book? A hundred percent. That's how. You know, wow. I um I lost over eighty pounds with intermittent fasting, as you said. And you know, I'm a teacher. That is what I do. I teach people things. So, what does a teacher do? But teach people about whatever we've got to tell you. You know, my husband wishes I would teach things a little bit less. Like today, I'm going to teach you how to put your towel away. Right? But no, sorry. <laughs> I love it. But he's he's also, no, he's a PhD. But he he's, is. He, he's a teacher, too. He he's, teaches at the college that's level. That's what I thought, yeah. So yeah, you're both yeah. out teaching each other. Right. And so you just really did this. I mean, did you scribble down notes in a notepad and you just typed it up and said, here? Yes. Kind of, right? Wow. You know, once once I started writing it, it just kind of all flowed out. And that was my first book, Delayed on Tonight. I wrote it in 2016. But, you know, I had a Facebook group that was really small at the time. And... It grew and grew and grew. And I, I initially was just going to have a group for me and my friends. Like, I can remember when we first started, there were like 30 of us in there. I'm like, can anyone tell me what kind of deodorant you like? I mean, that was the kind of conversation we deep, had. Deep thoughts. Deep right? thoughts, yeah. I'm like, because it keeps staining my clothes. I'm mm-hmm. having trouble with that. And then people started joining the group that I didn't know from other countries. Men started joining. I'm like, who are these people coming in that I don't know? And they all wanted to know about fasting. This was in 2015, before I wrote Delay, Don't Deny. And they would ask questions. And we always had like the same answers, but and then I had a pinned post and it kept getting longer and longer. And I was like, you know, we really just need a document. And it's like, maybe wow. I could write a book, maybe I could self publish it. And that's what I did. And then here I am. And years now, later, I know New York Times bestseller. Yeah. I mean, right. this is it's, I mean, I say it's insane <laughs> because it wasn't your, that was not your trajectory to be 
the foremost no. layperson authority. That's who you are. Mm-hmm. You're the foremost right. layperson authority on a very scientific issue that is very, to our very biological nature, very, it's hand in glove with us is fasting. And so you've taken the science of it and you've broken it, you've dumbed it down for us. Well, I taught it to you, right? Because that's what I'm trained to do. Right. I'm trained to go to content, learn it, redeliver it in a way that that these yeah. students can understand it. That's what made me a great classroom teacher for all those years and why my students loved learning whatever I could teach them. You know, I could I made first graders really excited about water evaporating in a pot on the, you know, they yeah. were like, "Oh my god, it was amazing." I'm like, "We we melted ice, right?" <laughs> <laughs> you know. That's right. That's right. Did they call you Dr. Stevens at school? They did. They did call me Dr. Stevens at school. In fact, I was just at a conference the other day and I was talking to someone very well well-known in the health space and she's like well you should totally put that on your books and I'm like no I'm not going to go by Dr. Stevens because I'm not a doctor of medicine I'm not a doctor related to you know the, the field of health and nutrition so I would feel like you know a fraud but putting do you that put, but do you put EDD at the I end am of Ed your D. name yeah, yeah Ed D. I, I well yeah. I do well not when I'm writing you know about intermittent fasting but you know if I'm talking about educational stuff because okay. my doctor is in education so well, that's a really humble approach as well because most people overstate who they are. Well, I don't, I don't want to be don't. something I'm not. I, I know. You know. I'm. I love the way you said that I am a layperson because I am, and I don't think that that is a detriment because how many of us have read books written by, you know, Nobel Prize winning doctors, and you well, don't understand not many a of thing. Us. Well, <laughs> you have. <laughs> okay, I have, but you don't understand a thing that they're telling right. you, and none of it is actionable, right? Right. So, is there a possibility that because I'm not a, you know, medical pr- professional that I might accidentally misstate something scientifically accidentally. Of course, it's a possibility, right? Did you know that elementary teachers teach um, atoms wrong, atomic structure, and all the textbooks is not really true? We're teaching a, a lie. It's that's actually true that wow. we teach a lie. Wow. But <laughs> but you know, we we can teach anything to people. But you know, I'm hoping that what I'm teaching is correct and true information. But the point of it is, I want there to be something that you can do to apply it to your life because you can hear all the scientific theory and stuff in the world but if you can't figure out how to apply it and have it be actionable and have it change your life it's you know it's meaningless so let's talk about your actionable steps you you had because your story is you did every Mm -hmm. diet in the book yes um and that you had tried fasting i remember in the Mm -hmm. beginning and we called the and you coined the phrase clean fasting right. as opposed to dirty fasting. And we need to define that to people listening. Right. So in the beginning, so what year did you start your fasting journey, even though the one that failed? Well, you know, I first started, I mean, I literally read everything. If something came out about a diet, I'm like, I'm going to try that one. Whatever it was, I was going to try it. And so around probably the best I can piece together around 2009, you know, there were several books kind of swirling around um, Dr. Burt Hearing with his Fast yes, Five Diet was, and Lifestyle. That was before anybody talked about it. How, how did yep. you know? Of, did you see it online? I don't know. Or? I did, Okay, no telling. Right. You just found it. I was always listening, right? Yeah. Always looking. And, you know, Brad Pallon had something called Eat, Stop, Eat. How did I find it? I mean, these were all the days way before Facebook. I have no idea how I found Uh it. But you had to download the ebook. It was like, you know, (gasps) download the ebook for $39.95. I mean, it was like that kind of a thing. It was only an ebook. And, you know, um, there was a. A Dr. Johnson who had an alternate daily fasting approach, but every single one of them agreed that fasting was really just a way of eating fewer calories, right? We were just going to eat in a window or eat on alternate days, or we were going to fast for 24 hours. But the only thing that mattered is, hey, you were eating fewer calories. That was all there was to it. And so it was just a way to eat less. And we believed that until Jason Fung came out with the obesity code in 2016. And I had like a little taste of his writing because he had a blog that he was a very prolific blogger before the obesity code came out. So I read a few of his his blog posts that blew my mind. But then when the obesity code came out, I got I pre-ordered it. I got it. I read it cover to cover. And it Mm -hmm. just was like, wow, that just changed everything everything Uh and i had already lost 75 pounds at that point but i was starting to regain slowly 
You know, because remember I talked about how we thought it was just about the calories. Well, during my fasting time, I had all manner of things that were not what we now know clean fast approved (laughs) because we thought it was just about the calories. And so I was having diet sodas. I was putting stevia in my coffee. I was adding cinnamon. And and go ahead and stop. You said you were starving when you were doing that. I was starving all the time. I was white knuckling it. But I mean, I had lost 75 pounds, so I considered it to be a success. But I mean, I had Mm -hmm. lost weight before with other methods Mm -hmm. and always had regained it. So here I was, I'd lost 75 pounds and I was slowly regaining it. And then I read the obesity code and I figured out where I was going wrong because he explains that obesity is not just about calories in, calories out, but it's what's happening behind the scenes hormonally. It's what's your body doing with the calories you take in. It's your insulin levels. And he he explained that um, high levels of insulin keep our body from tapping into our fat stores. It actually puts us in storage mode. I mean, he has a famous saying, I can make anybody fat. Give them enough insulin, they will start gaining weight. We you say know, that, that again. I want you to say that again because people do not understand the role insulin has right. in our obesity or in our weight gain battle. And he and says it's not it. even just the weight gain, but so many other health issues. But he says, I can make anybody fat if I give you enough insulin. You know, let's think about it on the flip side. You know, type one diabetes, people that have type one diabetes and don't know they have it, they they start wasting away. They used to call it like the wasting away disease, right? Because they're they no matter how much they ate, they couldn't store. They would f- like just waste away, and then they would die. Because the insulin was required to to store the fuel, right? So um, then they figured out, oh, and they figured out diabetes. But insulin, on the flip side, if we have too much of it in our bodies, it keeps us in storage mode. It's hype. Um, it's it keeps us from. It's anti-lipolytic. There's the word I'm looking for. Anti-lipolytic. I love that. Anti-fat right? burning. Right. Keeps us from burning fat. So we're trapped and we're starving. So, you know, had I lost weight, yes, I'd lost 75 pounds, but I was always starving. I really never felt the magic of intermittent fasting. Then I read about about insulin, and he talks about how, you know, something called the cephalic phase insulin response. I'd never heard of that. But our bodies are amazing. And when we take in something sweet in nature that is always connected to a high glycemic load like we're having honey or we're having whatever but our bodies know oop you know sugar's coming in this tastes sweet so our brain sends the signal to our pancreas crank out some insulin we release some insulin in response to you know whatever the sweet thing we're having oh but it's a diet soda so no sugar actually comes in but we've cranked down some insulin anyway and we didn't really need it and so now we have more insulin keeps us from burning the fat but it also keeps our body like in metabolic crazy town you know there have been a lot of studies out there that show that increased use of artificial sweeteners for example is linked to more metabolic dysregulation and more obesity, not less. And bigger waist size. Remember that bigger first study line. was about mm-hmm. the waist circumference. And I remember all the Diet Coke people were saying, well, the, you know, as they're sipping their 10th one of the day <laughs> with the big belly going, well, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. So yeah. we knew then, that was maybe six or eight years ago. I can't remember when that study came out. But we knew then, we didn't know then it was an insulin connection. But right. we knew there was something about the artificial sweetener that was impeding our weight loss. Exactly. And it also dysregulates our gut microbiome right. because those chemicals get in there and it kills the gut, the good gut micro our good gut bacteria. Right. And so our microbiome is unhealthy and that leads to other issues, too, because our health really begins in our guts in so many ways. But once I was like, OK, Dr. Fung, I hear you. And I took all that out of the fast. So I, I stick to black coffee plain tea. I used to drink all those like dessert herbal teas mm-hmm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Those have to go. Your body thinks that's food coming in. And, you know, it's plain water, plain sparkling water, unflavored. All of a sudden, the fast was easy. I lost the eight pounds I had regained, went on to lose even more, you know, settled in. You know, I was about a size four, went down to a size zero. In the a double zero. Aren't you a double zero Well, now? not, no. Yeah. I mean, it depends on, I have right. some double zero clothing, right? Mm-hmm. Like a, a rogue dress here and there. <laughs> I don't claim to be. I'm really probably a two. But because of the way sizing is so crazy, I, I do have a good number of zero and double zero. But that's ridiculous. Now that's insane. I'm just a good average size. You started at 210 pounds, Jim. Yeah. 
And you're five mm-hmm. foot four, is that what you said? Five five. I'm five, five five. Okay. So you're you're and I know you don't use a scale and we're I gonna don't. talk about that. But so we used to base it on five pounds per inch over five mm-hmm. feet. So it'd be one twenty five would be a right. good goal weight. But we know with intermittent fasting, this the scale may not move as quickly as our pants get smaller right so i my favorite story about you and i use it all the time when i'm coaching people is when you went from 130 i think you said you were i was like 132 and then Mm -hmm. i was 130 but i dropped two jean sizes right and you said you were so mad that's when you threw your scales out exactly because i had not weighed in a year or something i'd not weighed in a long time so it doesn't correlate the two do not work hand in hand i was expecting to see like 125 on the scale and so i got on and it said like 130 point something and i was mad and then i I was like well i gotta lose five more pounds and i'm like wait that's dumb that is dumb (laughs) because you were you were the size your body was intended to be so was this your high school weight because i know a lot of times you'll say to tell people so would what was your trajectory with weight gain was it the freshman 15 that's where it started yes i never i mean i was always calorie focused because my mother was you know like my um my junior year of high school we i was taking basic do you remember basic computer programming Mm -hmm. we had like computers and we had to we Mm -hmm. had to have a final project where we programmed something Mm -hmm. i programmed a calorie counter of course you did (laughs) because your son then ended up programming his own (laughs) fasting uh app well, my teacher was did. so impressed. She like showed it to everybody in the health sciences department of of the whole you know district. But like if you saved enough calories, you could eat a brownie. I mean, it was ridiculous. But I, I didn't even need, need to lose weight. But at that time, but then when I went to college, I gained the freshman fifteen. Came home, and there was my first diet. I counted calories that summer between freshman um, and and sophomore year. And then there we go. That's where that where it started. But I did everything along the way. But my weight would yo yo. You know, I would get to the point where like I was like a size 14 and that was always higher than I wanted to be and then I would diet back down and then I would go back up and back down you know when I when I got pregnant with my first son I was 123 pounds the day that I got pregnant and I went up to 163 which wasn't so bad right and then I lost it all but then with my second child I got up into the 180s and then after he was born you know, kind of going along, I had, t- they were 18 months apart. So I had two little young ones. I know. I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> then all of a sudden I was 163 all the time. And I'm like, that's my pregnancy weight for my first pregnancy. And here I am. You know, that took me to the wonderful world of diet pills prescribed by the doctor. And I was able to lose weight with that, but it felt terrible. And I just listened to my body eventually and said, this is not working. But then it got worse and worse. The highs got higher. The lows got not as low. And I, you know, maybe could stay at a goal weight for one day and then (laughs) there it would go again. So until eventually I looked and there it was 210 pounds. And you said part of that was the like photos from a trip or something. Yeah. And you were we able on a cruise. to yeah, really see. Because I think you, you'd said, and I've heard other people with high weight like that have said, they get in the back of the photo. Or when the yeah. picture's being taken, they stand in the back. Put and someone in front of you. Yeah, put so someone that. in front of you. Yeah. So you don't look right. And there you saw it. I so, did. I did. It looked, I felt like I'd been inflated by a bicycle pump. I know that sounds crazy. Yeah, wow. But I was like, my, you know, my features, it just, I, I looked, compl- it didn't feel like me. Well, let's talk about now the science then of weight loss and why, because okay. I just read Dr. Bickman's book, y'all, it, it has changed my life, Why We Get Sick by Benjamin Bickman, mm-hmm. and that everything that we're talking about now is because high insulin levels. Yeah. So this is, this is what people don't understand. So when you go to on the, the 1200 calorie diet, because that's what right. everyone's told to do. If you still have high insulin levels, Mm -hmm. well, that's why there are a lot of fat people on the treadmills at the club, at your, wherever you work out because their insulin levels are still too high. Yeah. So then how, and Dr. Fung explains it, but tell us, how do we lose weight then by dropping calories and why isn't it sustainable? Well, you know, if you're if your fat is all locked up, right, and you can't get to it because your insulin is high, and you're not—I mean, you're going to get to some of it. I'm not going to say it's like zero percent okay. accessible okay. because obviously people do lose fat. You know, when I lost yeah. 75 pounds, it was fat, but also you lose muscle mass. You know, when you're going on those low calorie uh, diets because your body is using okay. whatever it can for fuel, and that is why the traditional diets we end up over time yo-yoing up. 
and our lean mass keeps going down every time we diet and our body fat keeps going up. So each time you yo-yo with those traditional diets, you are making your body composition worse. Does that make sense? Yes. But we don't know that because we're being sold a bill of goods Mm -hmm. on a piece of paper. And that's what I love Dr. Fung's story of saying, you know, he's a nephrologist, which is a kidney doctor, and they see a lot of type 2 diabetics because of your organ failure. And he said in the beginning, he said he knew that they were earnest in their attempts, Jen. They would do the 1200 calorie diet. They would do the 10,000 steps or whatever he was, what he told them to do. Yet their weight kept going up. And he was so frustrated for them until he realized that it was insulin that unlocks yeah. the secret. And so that's what I I, I I hate to see these feeble attempts by people because I know, again, I know people work hard. And, and this is what I also know. Being overweight is definitely not a sign of laziness, slothfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't care. They've given up. No, their insulin levels are just high. And yeah. so what we want to do in the fasting community, I feel like, is lock arms with them and say, let's get your insulin levels down. If you lose weight, great. But as you famously coined it, it's a health plan with the side effect of weight loss. Absolutely. Right. And, you know, hyperinsulinemia or having high levels of insulin are not just associated with being overweight. I read a paper and I talk about it in my book, Fast Feast Repeat. I have it linked in there. So anybody who reads that, it's like cited in the back. But a paper that I read that talked about all of the health conditions that are linked to chronic high levels of insulin. It's not just being overweight. It's, of course, metabolic syndrome. You know, we've all heard of insulin resistance, which is a part of that. But even things like Alzheimer's, cancers, Absolutely. autoimmune diseases, all these things that are going wrong in our bodies. Basically, you know, they're not all just because we have high levels of insulin, but they're so connected. And we also are not giving our body time to clean up. You know, the having that self-cleaning time, which is so important. You know, think about, for example, you know, plaques in the brain building up over time, causing neurological issues. So many different types of neurological issues could happen. But it's because, you know, insulin, high levels of insulin in the brain associated with Alzheimer's. We know this. Yes. Um, other types of, of things are because our, our brains are kind of getting like clogged up in there, mm-hmm. right? And so having time for our bodies to clean up that's what fasting does for us. So more than just keeping our insulin low, which is a huge part of it, it's that self-cleaning time of the day. You know, there's a process autophagy. I bet you knew I was getting ready to say that. Such a fabulous term, though, that it Mm -hmm. has actually told, told us more about the fasting process and metabolic process than any other term that I know of. Yep, it means self-eating, literally, autophagy, self-eating, autophagy. And it's when our body, there's nothing coming in because we're not eating. And so our body's like, well, what do I need to clean up? So that's when it goes Mm -hmm. in and recycles those junky proteins that are sitting around and, um, you know, clearing up in your brain and that sort of thing. And so um, that's also why we don't do things like drink bone broth during the fast because Mm -hmm. protein halts autophagy. So we don't want to be taking in any protein when we want our body to be cleaning up. Then let's stop there because Dr. Fung makes me look like a liar sometimes because in some of his writings, and I think he's addressing it to morbidly obese people to keep them compliant, but he tells, because people say, but Lisa, Dr. Fung, who you love, (laughs) says I can have bone broth or cream in my coffee. And so then I go, okay, back up, back up, back up. So how do you address that? Because it sounds two-sided when we say this. Well, Jason Fung believes that not having those things is better. I mean, I learned it from him. Okay, I okay, learned good. about bone good. broth, about protein stopping autophagy from him. Okay, but I, he has a different perspective, right? He is a doctor, and he's used to working with non-compliant patients, mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. would rather have his patients do X, Y, Z imperfectly than do nothing. Right, 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 right. right, right. I am not your doctor. <laughs> I am your teacher. Right. Okay. I want you to put your name on your paper. And I also, (laughs) I'm not going to, I don't believe this is too hard for you. You know, good. He believes that those other things, I've I've heard him call them training wheels. Like the cream is a training wheel. The bone broth is a training wheel. But I think you can ride your bike without the training wheels. And you, you could be 15 years old and still riding your bike with training wheels and you look really dumb. So, right. I'm going to say the same thing for fasting, and I'm going to encourage you to not even put the training wheels on because it's actually easier without them, and it is just your brain lying to you, telling you the cream makes it easier. That is a lie your brain is telling you. 
you know, just like a baby with its little pacifier and you eventually have to take that away and then the baby is fine. Yeah, right. <laughs> you right. know, it's I, a pacifier. I promise you. Yeah. The the cream in your coffee and the bone broth you're sipping on is a pacifier that is actually number one making it harder even though you think it's making it easier. And it's keeping your body from doing the things you really want your body to do. And once you understand why we don't want the cream, I mean, would you rather have your body do a bunch of self-cleaning and cleaning up, you know, diseases in the background and junky proteins? and, Or do you just really like the cream? Which is it really? Right. If you yeah, just yeah. really like the cream, then don't call it fasting. You're right. having a low-calorie diet with cream in it. And there is nothing wrong with having a low-calorie cream-filled diet if that is what you want to do. But you're not really fasting. I mean, cream is the food that nature provides to feed baby animals. Does that sound Mm -hmm. like fasting? Right. You're like, my baby's on a breast milk fast. No, that's feeding your baby. (laughs) Right. right. (laughs) Because one thing that you're uh, bringing up, people, another argument we'll see in the media sometimes when someone from one of the networks is going to start fasting, they all say, but I'm just going to keep my calories under 50. I mean, have a 50 calorie snack. Under 50 calories is not breaking the fast. And we all go, yeah, it is. I don't know who made up that junk, but it is like, I mean, what, you're just going to eat like celery all day long and call it fasting. It's not fasting. You're not. I tell (laughs) you low calorie dieting. (laughs) Have you seen, and I know people have used it, but to me, I've laughed out loud. It's Prolon, maybe the. Yeah, well, that's, that, that's a very interesting product. Fasting Um, Mimicking, I think, yeah. is what Walter Longo. Walter Longo. I actually right. heard him early on. You know, he's kind of changed, and, and you know, I have a lot of respect for him and his scientific research. So don't think that I don't. But I actually heard him in an interview. I mean, I've been following his work before I even called it Prolon, right? You know, long oh, time okay. ago. He he actually said in an interview. I don't know. Maybe he wishes he didn't say it, or maybe he's <laughs> changed his mind. But right. I heard him say. We came up with the fasting mimicking diet because when we tried to sell people on fasting, they thought it sounded too hard. Again, Uh, it seems like a training wheels kind of a thing to me. He said we couldn't convince these, you know, oncologists and cancer doctors that their patients could completely fast. So instead, we developed this fasting mimicking. And maybe he genuinely believes that the fasting mimicking is better than than actual fasting. But I can't. I can't imagine that it that it could be. I mean, I've looked at the things he's putting in it. You know, some of this prolon. I mean, it's got like honey in there, and I mean, you know, nuts. That's yeah, that's right. eating. And right. I hundred percent believe that the fasting mimicking diet is way better than just doing the standard thing. But I genuinely also believe that actual fasting is better than mimicking fasting, really. And it's free. And it's free. And that's the one thing I've always loved that you've pushed, that that's why there's no multi-level marketing group. No. This is not a disparaging comment against that. I'm just saying you don't have to sign up under us. (laughs) You can start today or go ahead and eat today. Put your fork down. Right. Okay. So which brings me to... I did the rip, the, the Band-Aid off, 18 and 6. And we, when we say that, we mean 18 hours of fasting, 6 hours of mm-hmm. feasting. Um, just because I did, I wasn't told there was another way. My son just came home and told me about it, said there's the Southern women that have a podcast you need to listen. <laughs> I said, well, so what do I do? He goes, don't eat for 18 hours. Now that I right. am, and I did, I'm such a salesman's dream. Girl, I'm the one at the mall that actually tries the curling wand and the hand creams because yeah. I'm like, oh, show me all the things. Right. And so, so I tried, so I started 18.6 and it was fine. But now that I'm health coaching people, um, women get really anxious and they're like, is there another option? I go, well, we could do 16 and eight, you know, I yeah. mean, I guess there's 14 and 10. I've never even given as an option. <laughs> Men are a little different. Men do. And it was my son who's a man who told me they like to rip the bandaid off, I think. Mm-hmm. And so a lot, a lot of men I coach will go, I'll do 20 and four. I go, okay. Try so what, see. Yeah. What do you think is the best way to segue into it? Well, it just really all depends. You know, in um, in Fast Feast Repeat that came out in 2020, I have a chapter called the 28-Day Fast Start Chapter. And there's like a quiz you can take that kind of will direct you into whether you're ripped the Band-Aid off or if you should take it slower or something in the middle. You know, if you are really, really, if you know you've got, you know, so many metabolic problems and you've been obese for 50 years, I mean, that could be true for somebody listening. Yeah. And in that case... Maybe 
12, 12 is your the best okay. you can do to start okay. with. And you're going to start, you know, you want to start training your body to be fat adapted. That's the goal. You're, when you're fasting clean, your body is able to tap into your fat stores for fuel and you feel amazing and you get into ketosis, even if you're not low carb in your eating window. But if you're starting off and you've got really high levels of insulin, you're in really bad shape metabolically, maybe you start by eating a low carb breakfast a low-carb lunch, okay. and then a regular dinner, easing your body in. Then eventually you can start delaying that low-carb breakfast. Then maybe that's gone completely. Now you're just having a low-carb lunch and then a regular dinner, and then maybe you don't need that anymore. So you're training your body to burn fat for fuel. Even though it's the fat that's coming from your low-carb breakfast, it's still building up those metabolic pathways and, and getting things going. Now, is the goal for you to be a low-carb person? No, I'm, I'm not training you to be low-carb unless that's how you feel the best and you know you want to be low-carb. You can choose to eat whatever way works for you in your eating window. I am not low-carb. I have bread every night. I love bread. Right, <laughs> But some bodies do better right. with a lower carb approach, and that's how you feel the best. And, you know, don't say, well, Jen told me I had to eat bread. No, you, you <laughs> need to eat the foods that make you feel wonderful. I love at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and yep. Laurie Lewis says it too, it's love the foods that love you back. Exactly. And once you understand I, I what they are, yeah. I don't want the foods that don't love me back. I'm right. broken up. I gave him back his letter jacket. Like I'm over, it, you know, <laughs> and so I don't even consider it. So there are a whole lot of things I won't eat. It's funny. We just traveled last week and we uh, did a 10 day tour, 10 state tour of the West. So we were mm -hmm. in places yeah, like Yellowstone, which is a beautiful, fabulous park. But there is, and, I, and I'm, I'm not exaggerating, four hours before and about three hours after, there's not even a gas station. There's, I mean, don't. If you have to pee, you're going to have to figure it out. There's no cell service, no nothing. But as an intermittent faster, that's a wonderful thing because yeah. I just extended my fast. Right. And Easy because, to do. Because hunger, as we say, is never an emergency for us. It's not. I, I can just delay and I'll just eat later and just eat one right. big meal later. So. Hi, friends. As you can see, I have a lot of enthusiasm about intermittent fasting. That's because it changed my life and the way I think back in 2017. In fact, it's infected every part of my life now in lowering our insulin loads that I became a student at the Institute for Integrative Nutrition in New York. And now I have my certification as an integrative nutrition health coach. That means that I'm seeing clients. I can do that through, obviously, Zoom calls. You can do that through FaceTime. You can do that one-on-one -on -one in person. And if you're interested in becoming a client of mine, you can just email me, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. We'll put that link in the show notes, healthcoaching at lisafishersaid.com. Now, back to the program. And that's the one thing you've really... Uh, impressed upon me is metabolic flexibility. Yeah. And and so explain, kind of define what metabolic flexibility is. Yeah, I genuinely believe it's how we're designed to be, right? You know, and we lose it over time. Metabol metabolic flexibility is when your body can switch fuel sources as needed. And that means that when you eat food, your body can use that as a fuel source. But when you are not eating food, your body can tap into your stored fat and burn that and you have great energy, strong energy. So we're not meant to just be, you know, having to eat 10 small meals a day or whatever the number is. We're not meant to be grazing on food from sun up to sundown in multiple small meals. You know, if you really look at when we started to face even more and more obesity, it's as we followed that advice. You know, they always say, you know, that it's, it's all our fault. We don't listen. We really did follow the advice. That's we right. followed it, right? Sure did. We followed it. We're like, oh, it's better to wake up and eat something as soon as your feet hit the floor. Let's mm -hmm. do that. Oh, we need to eat small snacks all Okay, I'm in, right? We did it. And it was just, it, it caused all sorts of, of problems along the way. And we lost our metabolic flexibility, yeah. which is why the adjustment period is, is such a struggle for, for so many. Because 
on day one, you're not going to necessarily be able to go 20 hours without eating right. and you're going to feel awful and you're not going to have any energy. And then when you open that window, you're going to be like binging because your body was not well fueled that day at all. You had no energy coming in and you weren't tapping into your fat stores. So you're just like, oh, that's where hangriness comes. Yeah. But once you're metabolically flexible, hangriness is no more. What's because the longest... What's the longest fast you've done then? The longest I ever did. One time I fasted for 84 hours. That's the longest I've ever done. And, you know, I eat every day. I haven't had a day where I didn't eat since I think it was 2016. And so I've eaten every day. Um, I do want to say I'm not anti-longer fasts at all. I believe they're very healing. You know, if I found out I had certain medical conditions, I would make sure to find doctors that understood using longer fasts for healing purposes, and I would work with them. I do genuinely believe that people need to be cautious with fasts, especially beyond 72 hours, unless you're under care of a medical professional because you can have problems with your electrolytes you know there you know also when we're fasting our fat cells store toxins that's one thing that they do we take in all this junk these days our bodies are like what's this can't process them shove it in our fat cells and then as we're losing losing fat here it comes right comes out of our fat cells Mm -hmm. and then our bodies have that increased burden of dealing with the toxins that our fat cells are releasing so if you're not in a healthy place and and you try to do too much fasting you can actually cause you know issues you want to be somewhere where people can monitor you You there's a great um documentary I think it's just called Fasting. It's on Amazon Prime. Have you seen it? Yes, it is wonderful. It's fabulous. Yes. But here's my big takeaway from that after watching it. You know, these are people who believe in the power of of Uh fasting. These are medical doctors. And every single one of them expresses the opinion that you need to be in a facility that is monitoring you. Oh, yeah. They're not like, yeah. go out and do a 21-day fast. Woo! No. Yeah, right. They believe in the power of fasting, but they want you to be in a facility, not so they can make money from you, but because they want you to do it in a safe way. Yeah, yeah. Electrolytes are important, and that's why you always, and we all talk about Himalayan salt to kind of give you some balance. Well, I, you know, I don't have a problem with electrolytes. You know, it's more of an issue, also if you're low-carb. You know, if you're keto, low-carb, you're, you're going to probably have more of an, of an electrolyte need oh. than other people. Or if you're doing a whole lot of sweating i don't take any kind of um, electrolyte supplementation during my fast i never have i do drink mineral water so perhaps that's why i've never needed to take in extra Mm -hmm. electrolytes but you know some people do it just depends and i also use plenty of salt during my eating windows so i'm definitely not deficient my husband's like you sure to use a lot of salt and i'm like "Mm." do you (laughs) know i don't have it during the fast and i'm reading all about salt is one of the best preventatives for health problems because we were lied to about that we were it was a lie it was a yeah. big fat lie we need big salt lie. every day and of course not the morton salt not the processed salt, right but right the good stuff. i use it, the redmond's real salt that's the one that oh, i buy yeah, i like yeah. that it's from america and i also yeah. got a little skeptical of all that himalayan pink salt when it started to go crazy mm-hmm. then you could see it at like tj maxx mm-hmm. and stuff i'm <laughs> yes. like how do i know this is really what this yeah, right, is right, right, so right. i'm like i'm gonna just buy redmond's because i know what it is because you know like with olive oil they counterfeit it like how do i, I know. know they're not just getting this regular salt and making it pink i don't know i'm pretty distrustful of stuff well like because you've been burned <laughs> tell everybody how you've been burned with your amazon when it it started on Amazon. Oh, People started, yeah. uh, scammers started rewriting your books and getting it's money. It's crazy. From it is absolutely work. crazy. And it's, you know, I'm self published with my first book, Delay Don't Deny. And in, um, you know, I had steady sales 2017 and then into 2018, steady sales. And, and I knew how many I was selling. Then all of a sudden, the paperback sales just plummeted like crazy but kindle sales never dropped and so i'm like Mm. something's kind of wrong here so i reached out to amazon and they're like oh people just aren't buying as many paperback books anymore that's not true Mm -mm, (laughs) first mm -mm, of all that's mm -mm. what they told me and (laughs) i'm like well something's wrong but i can't put my finger on it then i got a message from a a, a author who was also self-published and he's like hey i found counterfeit versions of my book and this seller was selling them and i ordered them they were clearly counterfeit and you just made they're selling yours too i mean this is somebody i didn't even i'd never met never heard of just good smeared and reached out to me and i'm like what so i ordered a couple copies of it and it came to me and 
oh my God, they were counterfeit. I ordered two. Thank goodness I ordered two. Because every book's supposed to have a unique code in the back when they're self-published because they print on demand. Oh, and so they're supposed okay. to have a unique code. Okay. Both of these had the same code in the back. Is that right? Which is impossible. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so suddenly Amazon had to hear me. They still were like, oh, no, not a problem. Anyway, um, turns out thousands and thousands of books had been counterfeited because I started telling my audience about it. And, you know, when I looked at the counterfeit books, there was a very blatant, like three very blatant typos on the back cover. That oh, I know you the original. You cringed. Like, <gasps> like the, the lowercase letter I instead of capital I. I mean, <sighs> on the original, it was a capital I, right. but on the counterfeit, lowercase I, and they left out a period and they spelled something wrong. And so how do they do it? Do they... Do they they actually, retyped the they whole book. Re- they they did retype the whole book, and wow. here's how I know. It's because they the spacing was different on the pages. I mean, it wasn't just like a scanner problem, right? That's like what the, I was the, thinking. They did. The difference okay. in the between the end of the text and the page number was different on certain pages. The table of contents. There was a, ta- a chapter title that has italics in it, and then in the original, you know, then leading dot dot dot, and then the page number. Well, in the original, my version, italics, no more italics, page number not italics. In the counterfeit, italics, the dots are italics, the page numbers are italics. So you can see it. They actually used a different font. They but weren't smart and, scammers. <laughs> they were not. Well, they yeah. made thousands and thousands yeah, and thousands of dollars with their fake book. Did, did but Amazon they actually, pull it? Well, Amazon did pull it, and they, they you know, Amazon uh, did their very best to make that right. But the counterfeits still pop up sometimes. Like, here's, I'll check really? it every now and then. Wow. Well, it's be, it's whenever they change the rule about the buy box. This is why you need to be careful about everything you buy on Amazon, including supplements and especially supplements, but also books. And I'm going to apologize right up front to third-party Amazon sellers because there are a lot of third-party sellers on Amazon who are legitimate, right? Mm-hmm. And they are reselling things on Amazon in a legitimate way. But those people are the ones that really need to force Amazon to fix their practices because it's affecting my trust as an Amazon customer. I don't buy anything from a third-party seller on Amazon unless I trust that third-party seller and know who they are. Because Amazon in in that year, I think it was 2018, changed the rules of the buy box. And it was all to protect the consumer so you'd get the best price. Because before, if Amazon sold it, you were buying it from Amazon through the buy box, right? You click add to cart. You don't even look who's selling it to you. You think it's Amazon. You're on Amazon. You think you're buying from Amazon. No, you're not. You click, even if it's fulfilled by Amazon, that's not necessarily Amazon selling it to you. It just means that the person shipped a lot of it to the Amazon warehouse. That's what happened with my book. They printed them themselves, printed up the fake version, shrink-wrapped them, sent them to the Amazon warehouse, fulfilled by Amazon, and then they offered them at a really low price. Uh They offered them at a low price, lower than Amazon was offering them. So because they were a lower price, they got the buy box. (gasps) Oh, my gosh. So it was an algorithm. It was just an algorithm. The scammer gets the buy box, and every person who buys it when that scammer's in the buy box gets the the fake version. That's just how it works. And so I've had to keep my eye on the buy box. And not every third-party seller in the buy box is selling, you know, a fake version. They are if it's it's delayed, don't deny, because the way I have mine shut down only Amazon print-on-demand can okay. can sell the real one. Okay. But if there's a third party seller in the buy box, it's possible it's a third party seller who's selling returned goods. Like someone bought sure. the don't deny, then it sure. got returned. Now the third right. party. So that would okay. be a legitimate case. But whenever there's a seller that that's a third party seller that has more than one copy of Delay Don't Deny, I buy two. <laughs> And then I get them, and then I contact that seller and say, did you know you're selling counterfeit goods? Wow. And they're all like, oh, I had no idea. And they take it who, down, so I don't really know. Who was the counterfeiter? Did you? Could you ever Well, I mean, there's still stacks of them out there. Okay. The, they, they pop back in from time to time. I don't know who did it. I'm sure it came out of, you know, China or something over there just printing them up and then selling them to people. So probably a lot of the, you know, the, the third-party sellers may not have known they were selling counterfeit goods, but I'm sure some of them had to know, right? <laughs> okay, so that was Delay, Don't Deny. That was your first yeah. book. And then yeah. you self-published. And then did you get a publisher for fa- uh first fast feast was, repeat i did fast no, feast for repeat. feasting oh, feast without, without fear yeah feast, no, without, feast fear. without fear also self-published 
Feast really? of okay. Pure. Okay. Yep, self-published. That was, that was your second book. And then your third yep. book, you have a publisher. Is that St. Martin's yes. Press? I forgot. Yeah. Yes, St. Martin's Press, which is a division of Macmillan. And um, I talked them into, because I had a large enough audience and I had sold enough of my self-published book, talked them into letting me um, you know, have a traditionally published book. And they've been very excited because it was a New York Times bestseller and continues to sell That's very, very well. Jen. Although there are scammers for that one. It's it's kind of funny. Like there was one that I just found out about last week. What they did is they they copied, they, they like took a photo of the cover of Fast Feast Repeat, but they like cut it down and took off my name on the bottom. And then they were selling it like Fast Feast Repeat by somebody else who's not me. But it was the same exact cover as mine. They were selling it for nine ninety. Yes. And I got an email from somebody and they're like, I bought your book, but it says it's a different author and it doesn't have any words uh, in it. Oh. I'm like... <laughs> Well, that's a problem. Yeah. I'm like, well, I guarantee my book has words in it. Yeah. And so I just send it off to, you know, my my publisher and they like get it taken down. But it's like whack-a-mole, you know. It really is. You're constantly. So what I'm telling you is Amazon could do a better job. I love Amazon. I have had Amazon Prom since they invented it. And, you know, like they basically just come to my house every day. Right. right? right, right, right. I love Amazon. I love Amazon. But I also know that Amazon could do a better job. Mm-hmm. They they know that this is happening. And like like for example with my, with delay don't deny that I have to keep policing it and yet because I'm self-published Amazon is technically my publisher. So uh, when I was having all those thousands of counterfeit books, Amazon knew how many books they were paying me for as far as like royalty or whatever. They, and they also knew they were selling thousands and thousands of more of them than they were paying me for. So it would have taken a very you know, maybe the departments don't talk to each other, but they could fix mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. very easily. And they also need to have better quality control because, yes, anybody can write a book and have it up on Amazon in five minutes, including a scam book. And these people are just – but they should they should have better quality control on the Amazon level of – they know, they can tell that a, someone named Jen Fung, for example, writing an intermittent <laughs> fasting book <laughs> – called the obesity oh code complete guide to delay don't deny fast feast repeat that is yeah. not going to be a real book i'm sorry yeah and you know this goes back to 10th grade plagiarism i mean it's a crime exactly. it really it is know, a i'm crime. a journalist so it's a it's just a crime and and i i know that we have so many and it falls under cyber crime i would assume yep. you know so they're just there's more of that than we have humans that can police it. So, but they know. could absolutely have a point where a human has to look at a book before they yeah. put it on their platform. Yeah. And I, I mean, maybe that would slow things down. But I think every legitimate author would be willing to have it take a month for someone to approve your book. Yeah, right. Instead of right. having to fight the the fake right. books all the time, right, right. honestly. And Amazon, I love you. You can do a better job. In fact, I would be willing to go to Amazon and help them. I mean, I, I'm a teacher. Yeah. I can get stuff done. I could totally be on a committee could. Totally and help could. them. Love a good yeah. committee. Love a good I committee. I could be on a committee. Love a good committee. I could committee. be the chair of the committee. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about So your life was this um, a teacher in right. Augusta, and then you told your husband, I've got this crazy idea, I'm going to retire. Yeah. And then, because you had your first podcast, the Intermittent Fasting Podcast, mm-hmm. and then um, Intermittent, Intermittent Fasting, Fasting Stories. Stories. And yeah. now you have a third one, what's it called? Life Lessons. Okay. Now, with co-host Sherry Bullock, we're about coming up on a year for that good, one. Good, Congratulations. Yeah. That's what Thank we're you. celebrating today, year Yay! on Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Um, so then your whole life of uh, being at school at 7.30, leaving at 3.30 changed because... Then you had a 24-hour job because right. your audience is awake someplace on the planet. Exactly. Someone's so always awake did, on Facebook. So let's talk about how you um, you kick Facebook in the cojones and <laughs> um, how you started your own platform. I did. Well, you know, it, it really all started in the fall. My... Um, the fall of 2020, my my literary agent said, you may want to think about, you know, gathering up your community, working on your email list so you can transfer. If you ever need to pivot off of Facebook, you can. I'm like, that's ridiculous. I will never need to do that. Right, right. This is yeah. our lifeblood. We're thinking right. Facebook is Facebook our lifeblood. Facebook is it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, because I'd been on there. I'd had, I had my first group in 2015. I ended up with almost half a million combined members in my groups. <laughs> oh my and God. I was like, you know, this is, I need these people. I'm never leaving Facebook. Well, then... And as 2020 went on, health groups started getting 
censored on Facebook. Uh, and I'm groups. not just talking uh, about all yeah. groups. Yeah. I'm not just talking about political stuff or right. things related to a V. <laughs> Right. Whatever right, V you. you might be talking about. That's like right. Like essential oil groups would wake up and, and they were deleted. Essential wow. oil was considered to be dangerous. Or like a friend of mine, um, she had a friend that had a cooking group. Cooking. It's cooking. How bad can that be? You know, I don't know. But she woke up one morning. She had like 10,000 people in a cooking group. She woke up one morning and the group was gone. Something had happened, and she was banned from Facebook over something that happened while she was sleeping. Her group was gone. And so I'm like, I could lose my whole community. I mean, yeah. I've still got the podcast, but I don't have these people's email address. I don't. I would never yeah. be able to find them again. So I was like, I got to do something about that. And then also, at the same time, it was becoming obtrusive to my life. You know, when you have half mm-hmm. a million people on there, it takes a lot of, um, a lot of attention because – I had some things that were important to me. I didn't want bad, dangerous information going out in my groups. I didn't want people to say, oh, I I put cream in my coffee every day. It's fine. Because mm-hmm. we, we don't believe that that's how you should do mm-hmm. it. So if you're in my Facebook group, we want you to have the best advice because this is what we believe. And obviously, you can do what you want. But please don't make bad recommendations to other people. We don't think that's good advice. It's confusing. So... Um, it was really a full-time job. And people would get so angry, no matter what you did. Like, they would try. So we went to post approval. And, you know, because we had, you know, hundreds of thousands of people trying to post all the time. Scammers posting stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, crazy stuff. So mm-hmm. we had to be on post approval. So we went to post approval. And then people would ask a question like, can I put lemon in my water during the fast? Well, there's the answer to that. We believe the answer is no. So we had several ways we could handle it. We could decline the post with a note that would go to the person and say no we don't think you should use lemon thank you for asking well then they would make a post that's why can i not ever ask a question this is the worst group we're like well you did ask a question and we answered Mm -hmm. it you know we gave Mm -hmm. you an answer it took us time we didn't just decline we answered you but also facebook wasn't showing them our answer sometimes we realized but we could we could also approve the post answer it close comments well, then people also got mad. They would go in and edit the post and be like, what is wrong with you? You're the worst of it. And so then they were like, well, that's not working either. Or we could just leave it open and hope people gave good advice. Well, you know, that was, then people would say, I've used lemon every day. Then we would delete that. They're like, you're censoring me. So My gosh. it just, <laughs> and I mean, people had to also understand this platform is free and we are doing this as volunteers mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. we are liking, we want to help you. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, this is just too much. It's, you know, it's, I'm like, you feel like I'm, you know, victim of some kind of, I don't know, trauma every day trying to deal with this. And it, it no longer felt like a labor of love. So with all those things in mind, I decided to leave, you know, my self-care is important as well. So we left right. Facebook. We started, a, um, we went to a, a third-party platform and it's, you know, you have to pay to join. We actually made a really terrible choice with our first platform. If you Have I talked to you about that? Uh-uh, you don't know happened? anything about that. Uh-uh. We chose a platform. Oh my Lord, I've learned so much. We chose a platform that had been around since 2012. That sounds good, right? Yeah. They had clients such as a very high-profile university. I won't name them because I don't want people to know. But it was a top, if you say name the okay. top five universities in America, this All is right. going to be on that list. I got Their it. alumni group used them. And I'm like, well, if this top university's alumni right. group uses, it's, it's, it's a good platform. Well, when you're choosing a technology platform, technology that's been around since 2012 is probably not going to be your best bet. They were not set up. We had 5,000 people come over, and they could not handle the volume. The live feed stopped working after three months. The notifications were broken. Think of it like a big Uh, oak tree, and every time they add a new feature, it's like more and more branches, Mm -hmm. and then something way down near the trunk is messed up, and they can't find it. So we had a year with them, and um, it finally got to the point we were like we got to go so we just pivoted to a different platform and the platform that we're using is amazing um and so if people want to know more about finding the community you can go to jenstevens.com slash community okay and that'll get you to it but i mean we paid for a year this was the most expensive platform out there and we paid for a year they promised us a white label app that never materialized Uh, and we just walked away from the bad investment i mean we paid tens of thousands of dollars for this uh and we just walked away that's how bad it was so 
the community is transferred over. We've got about 900 of the 5,000 have migrated over. Some people are like, I'm never coming back because that was so bad. It was such bad oh, technology. I'm so but, sorry. And well, you know, I, I believe in, I, I just went to a conference last week, and one of the big um, things we kept hearing is take imperfect action. Imperfect action is better than no action. And yeah. I'm using this learning experience yeah. as that. We took action. It was imperfect action. And we learned from our mistakes, and now we're making it right. So the people who, you know, were there, you know, we're going to give them a year and the, the new community at no additional t- cost, that kind of oh, a thing. Sure. You know, we're going to sure. take care of the people. They, they're not going to lose anything if they want to come over. So delaydontdeny.com, um, is that how they get no, to, Jen, No, they go to oh, go to jenstevens.com okay. Com, slash community. And just do that. And um, it's G-I-N, Stevens with a P-H, jenstevens.com slash community. Everything is linked through jenstevens.com. Okay, good. But the, the, the new community is so much better and um, at the conference I went to it was you know health and health and wellness professionals and doctors and it's a very high profile group and we had just switched to our new platform like three weeks before but I felt like a genius because they say announced on the last day of the conference that they were taking this entire high-powered health and wellness community off of Facebook completely and they were going to the same exact platform that we chose. Are you serious? For our okay. second platform, yeah. And so I know it will never be allowed to have problems because they are not going to allow that to good, happen. Good, good, good. So, this will all yeah. be in the show notes. Everything we're okay. talking about today with Jen, obviously, put in the show notes. Follow her, uh, all of her social media. Because you have shut down. You're still on Facebook, but you're dark. I'm not. Oh, you're I'm dark. Well, okay. I didn't. De- I did not like, deactivate your page. Deactivate okay. my profile, and I, I put two of my groups are um, archived, like the advanced group. If people were members of that one, the advanced group yes. and the one meal a day group, they can yes. still go in only if you had already been a member and read the post. You can't make angry comments or angry <laughs> face emojis on right, things right, right, right. or any of that. But you could you could read. You can search. It's is still searchable. Is there still a delay? Don't deny Facebook group yes. at all. Okay, there is delay. Don't deny intermittent fasting support and. It's it's moderator run and okay. so we don't even have member posts because we were at the point okay. where we we're having over a thousand posts a day by members so now there's like a moderator run post where you can ask a moderator anything and they will answer your question but if you want a community where you can make posts and be part of the community i mean it's like if you join for a month it's 9.99 a month but if you join my community um for a year it works out to 4.99 a month i mean that's like the cost of a latte and it's a safe place we do not advertise to you we're not selling your data we're we're don't censor you probably don't censor. we we don't need to censor censor. (laughs) that's great we don't need to exactly jen this is what's so interesting about you you have the science side to you but you have a savvy business side to you well i've i've had to just figure it out i guess i didn't really know i did but i mean i guess i should have known it my first um i used to sell dancewear to my mother's students oh, she had a did? dance studio yeah. it was hilarious i was like i don't know 14 years old i would cut things out of catalogs i mean this was like the 80s and glue them in <laughs> on paper and then photocopy them and i up i marked up the prices so i would sell like tights good for leotards. you good for you so that I was my it. first little entrepreneurial job i, I mean no, i mean, I, might, I made like 20 bucks but i mean i was like if i, I made my own catalog and displayed it in the dance school i was that really is fun. that's awesome okay <laughs> Let's switch gears and talk about your new book that's uh, yes. going to be published soon. I know you have yes. a manuscript in your hand. I do. It's in my hands because I have to have it in front of me because the title is a mouthful. So I want to make sure I'm saying it correctly. Okay. What is it's the title? Called, it's called Clean-ish. Clean with the I-S-H in parentheses. Clean-ish. And the subtitle is Eat Mostly Clean, Live Mainly Clean, and Unlock Your Body's Natural Ability to Self-Clean. And it is not an intermittent fasting book, although intermittent fasting is a chapter because that's one of your body's best self-cleaning mechanisms. And, you know, the whole thing about um, intermittent fasting is it causes us to connect with our bodies in a new way and we want to feel better, right? Like you said, love Mm -hmm. the food that loves you Mm -hmm. back. And you start to realize that you feel better when you eat real foods. Mm -hmm. So I started going down the path of, you know, real foods and, you know, what does that mean? What does it look like to clean up our diets? And the more I researched, the more I was like, wow, we really should be cleaning things up. You know, we have a body burden or a toxic load Mm -hmm. that is unlike really nothing, nothing in history. Mm -hmm. There, there's a study, um, the environmental working group, and I'm sure you're familiar with them. In 2004, they like sampled the umbilical cord blood of newborns, and they found over 200 industrial chemicals and pollutants, average, 
in the umbilical cord of, of newborns. These are coming from pesticides, food contact chemicals, flame retardants. I mean, mm. isn't that what you want your mm. newborn to be born with? So our babies are being born with a toxic load already mm-hmm. coming from us. Even if we're trying to be, I mean, we, you can't help it. We're exposed to these things just in daily life, mm. just, you know, going out in the world. And so you can't live in a bubble. You can't. And our bodies, and I'm not, you know, trying to scare anybody, but our bodies really do have amazing mechanisms for getting rid of toxins, but they're coming in faster than we can take them out. That's mm-hmm. the problem. And it, and so once we realize they're coming in faster than we can take them out, we can put fewer in and we can also help our body, you know, support our body's self-cleaning mechanisms so we take more out. You know, eating real food is the best way to... Mm-hmm keep them from coming in and support them coming out because real food detoxifies our bodies. You know, all those phytochemicals, it does amazing things. The antioxidants, and it lets our liver do what it's supposed to do. So, you know, I would encourage everyone, you can pre-order Cleanish. It's available wherever you buy books. And uh, my publisher is super excited about this one. Um, They've already, the first printing, they've already um, got like 80,000 on the first printing, which is a lot. Oh, I know you're the bell of the ball for your publisher. Well. I mean, it's so... <laughs> I imp- hope... To, I don't want to disappoint them. No, but. I know you don't. It's so impressive what you've done. Okay, just for somebody listening or watching us now, and they're thinking, all right, Lisa, Jen, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start tomorrow. Right. So, if, in, in definitely get your book. In fact, I have both the hard copy and the digital of your book, because it's just one of those books you have to have two of. Um, but if someone were to start tomorrow... Mm-hmm. Would you tell them then, do you make a blanket statement, just say start at 1410 or 16.8 or 18.6? Do or? what feels good to you. Like okay. if you are if you decide you're going to start at 16.8 and then at hour 15, you feel shaky and nauseous, eat. Okay. Right. You don't want to push yeah. through feeling shaky and yeah. nauseous. Fast clean from day one. Ignore anybody who tells you about the training wheels. <laughs> right. Right. Yes, because it's, yes. it's, it's not going to really, <laughs> you know, I, go ahead and know that you're breaking your fast and eat. And then every day that you can fast clean, push that clean fast a little longer because that's where the magic happens. Plain water, black coffee, no flavors, plain tea. Don't add anything. Sparkling water, unflavored, that's all fine. But stick to that during the fast. Fast clean and know that it's going to be hard during the adjustment period. Also, don't expect to lose weight at first. While your body's adjusting, you might even gain a little weight. And so you're not, you'd be like doing it for a week. You've gained two pounds and you feel off. You're like, well, this doesn't work at forget all. It. Right. Forget it. Right. <laughs> well, you know, a baby that's learning how to walk doesn't, you know, try to walk one time and then decide this isn't for me. Right. Right. That's right. Right. You you eventually will walk unless there's something really wrong with you. And, you know, babies eventually grow up and are walking adults. And the same with fasting. You know, you can do it. And our bodies are meant to be metabolically flexible. And once you get there, it unlocks so many health benefits. But you're going to feel so much better that you're not going to believe it, even if you never lost a pound. Right. I mean, that's right. Just say, I'm going to do intermittent fasting because it's great for me health wise. I'm going to feel better and maybe I'll lose some weight. And you will. But you will. You, you, will, you eventually. will. You will. I didn't but, know yes. till recently, Dr. <laughs> Fung, I was watching one of his videos, and I, because my son had told me you fire, he would say, well, mom, when you get into the state of ketosis and autophagy, you fire ketones for fuel. But Dr. Fung said, actually, the, the adrenals uh, perk up, and you do a release adrenaline that's why now you and i both have been fasting i've been fasting at least probably 18 19 hours now i can't do math yeah i'll open my window probably about hour 21 or 22 today well i'm not hungry and i'm busy right we'll be back and the re and i feel great it's because i'm releasing adrenaline now so my and there's literally thousands of things that are happening in the body and 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 so it's like it's like the adrenaline it's the ketones giving you the mental clarity it's like so many things are going on um, and then, and all of them are just really beneficial. And food makes me sleepy. It, that's really yeah. the bottom line for me now is how we thought that we needed food for energy. It actually zaps. It's the opposite. It is the, we've been lied to. Oh my gosh. Well, look we, at lions after they feast. What do they do? Do they then go out and hunt some more? <laughs> right no, now. They lay down and they sleep. Right. That's it. <laughs> look to animals in nature yeah, it's and really see what true. they do. And they're also not counting calories. And they're Good also point. lean <laughs> Yeah. until we start feeding them in the zoos or in our homes. 
them, they start to. That's right. That's right. Well, you are so inspiring and your little size zero self. If you're a two, well, that's fine. You. Wait, what's the name of the scale you use so that you're not really on a scale? Well, I'm not using any scale now. Oh, you were so, using something yeah, that told you. It was called you... the Shapa. Okay. It was called the Shapa. Yeah, it gave you a color and it just let you know your overall trend. Yep. Do that you, was what I was using for a while. But then I had that. anymore? I mean, I, I'm pretty much, I'm, I think I fluctuate within a range. Like in the spring when I was writing cleanish, um, I have realized the brain uses a lot of fuel. When I was wow. really writing over the course of the yeah. day, like for hours every yeah. day, I would be in the zone and then I would be finished and I would be like, oh my God, I'm starving. Mm-hmm. Like I could, my That's brain funny. was using, a, yeah. it really, really was in a different kind of a way for me. And so I would, you know, was opening my window, but I actually lost weight while I was writing the book. I could tell it in my clothes, yeah. not not from being on the scale. But now I'm back to my, my normal maintenance range. But I could actually tell this spring that my weight was lower. That's, I really think it was from all the crazy. mental energy. That might sound crazy, but our no. brains use a lot of fuel. Right. And I could feel it. I had increased hunger, like I said. Uh, one of, we're going to wrap it up, but we're talking about this. One of my favorite things about fasting is I never have, I'm in my closet now, worry about getting the next season's clothes, whether right. they're going to fit or not. Because, you exactly. know, you got something skinny last year. Mm-hmm. It's still skinny. And it's the same it's size still it gonna last year. It's still going to fit you. Yep, exactly. And another thing I've noticed, because you talk about NSVs, your non-scale victories, uh, this is a crazy one, but I never have bad breath. Because oh, that's great. Because stomach, my acids aren't churning all day. Mm-hmm. And so when I, I brush my teeth in the morning, people, I brush my teeth. Um, I brush my teeth in the morning, but I don't ever have to worry about breath. And I don't drink coffee. So that See, probably, I've got the coffee breath. Yeah, that probably, yeah. that cuts back on me. But there was a yeah. time that I'd brush my teeth in the morning, but still kind of had a flavor because I ate. And that's when I was getting right. up at 4 a.m. So I would eat in the morning before I went mm-hmm. to the radio station. And it just, it was those foods and stomach acids and all that. Now I'm like, <sighs> it's fresh delightful. as a daisy. That's right, fresh as a daisy. Well, yes. Well, you are a delight. You bring me joy, Jen. Well, thank you, Lisa. I love talking to you. Thanks for listening to the Lisa Fisher Said Podcast. Be sure to hit subscribe and download all the episodes and leave a review, won't you? The Lisa Fisher Said Podcast is produced by ClantonCreative.com.